Hi, friends. Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm Dylan Rattel, and you're listening to Mindfully Mindless with Dylan Rattel, a weekly podcast where I talk to the people I love about the things they do that they love. And um, this week, I have a special guest for you, someone who I've known since my freshman year of college, 2009, from Central Michigan. Her name is Katie Meyer, and uh, she is... A funny, funny girl. Um, She lives in L.A. She moved out there to pursue acting and comedy and all things entertainment. And I get to sit down and talk to her about the things she loves. So um, buckle up because we we get into it. We get into career. We get into comedy. We get into giving back. We get into creating our own things. It's a really good conversation. And I love her a lot. So here uh, is my conversation with Katie Meyer. Love you, girl. Hello, Dylan Rattel. Hi, Katie Meyer. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? Really good. Um, I'm actually watching a rainstorm happen in Daytona Beach right now. That's how good my life is. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I'm sitting here in like 75 and sunny Los Angeles every day. Uh-uh. 75 and sunny. It's the worst. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh same day every day I remember that yeah we did get rain last week though which was a blessing oh good so it'll be like another year and a half <laughs> yeah <laughs> built up on rain <laughs> well uh, hi Katie Meyer welcome to my my podcast mindfully mindless <laughs> oh well thank you for having me and thank you for intro yes I hope I write something really great to say (laughs) me too I Um, really hope you write something lovely to say (laughs) (laughs) no it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful because I really only have wonderful things to say about you oh stop Um, but no seriously I so I'm putting this podcast together and I've listened to a couple podcasts like solo podcasts of people legitimately just talking by themselves yeah, And it's like, it's actually more captivating than you think it's going to be, um, which is really interesting. Um, but I've got to have someone to talk to, right? And I don't have anyone to talk to, I guess, on the regular. So I'm, I'm hoping to just have all of my crazy talented friends from way different backgrounds come talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've listened to both of your, um, or like a couple of yours, and I think it works either way, but I definitely think that you're um, a good conversationalist. Yeah, yeah, or I try to be, or at least that's something that I gotta, I've got to work on, because I will definitely zone out during a conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you know me. The, the reason specifically I would like to have you speak today, or I'm, I'm having you here, is um, because you're doing something that I'm terrified of doing, <laughs> which is stand-up comedy and um, comedy in general. Um, so I want to talk about that today. Yes. Um, and um, so I guess but a better place to start would be like where we met. Right? Oh, like, yes. Good old Central Michigan University. <laughs> Central Michigan University. Seems like another life. Seriously. It was. two thousand. Nine. I was visiting Central <laughs> Michigan University, and here I was sitting in the audience of the Black Box Theater, theater on the side, to watch the showcase. And now in this showcase were two boy seniors and two girl juniors. And I was like, who are these juniors who are going to showcase? <laughs> and there is Katie Meyer and Andrea DeYoung 
just two beacons of light in the darkness. <laughs> and I was obsessed with you from day one. <laughs> day. Yeah, you were my little, I, I was assigned you, right? You were my little, um, yes. my little shadow or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. freshman year, they, um, for those for those of you who you know haven't frequented Central Michigan University, <laughs> every year the seniors or juniors or upperclassmen, as it were, get assigned like a freshman to like help out. And I got an email from Miss Katie Meyer, and I felt like the most popular out of okay. Well, there were four freshmen, but like I felt like the most popular, <laughs> which, which could have been true honestly. The competition wasn't like too. <laughs> but like we you know we were all having a good time yeah yeah oh gosh it's so funny to think about back then I thought I was like the shit and then I you were I was not I was absolutely not but it but it's funny you know you're in that like small theater department and like you think you know what life is about and then you get thrown into the real world and you're like oh my gosh or I even think right now about just like who I looked up to as a kid like it was always someone just like just older enough to have like a little bit more experience but like I look back now and I'm like if I saw a senior in college I would like roll my eyes and be like get out of the way yeah like (laughs) like, as a freshman I was like oh my god like this is like this is the pinnacle yeah these are the people I need to be looking up to so I mean that's a good lesson and children are always looking up to you so careful what you're doing (laughs) um but you I mean you were doing comedy back then as well and I remember that's kind of when I got got my little like oh I'd love to do improv but have always been terrified of it um but you were really involved at Central uh yeah I actually was I got asked my freshman year the uh Greg Ott the creator of Saturday Night Improv I was in the hallway as a freshman and they wanted more girls in their troupe because at the time they only had Beth. And he just walked by me and he was like, hey, you're funny. Audition for the troupe. And <laughs> um, and I did. And I was awful. My freshman year, they literally only or sophomore year is when I did it. But they only had me in the troupe because I was a girl. I'm convinced I was awful. Um, and but then you learn <laughs> as you do it. And. Uh, I learned to not think so much. And once I got out of my, and I, that can be said for your whole life, like just stop thinking so much and I and agree. live in the moment and stop trying to be funny. Just be honest. And that's where the comedy comes from. Um, yes. so that's where I, I, I learned improv just through looking up to those guys, those couple I mean, of years, yeah, but that can be, that can be hard to, to learn because I know a problem I have is. I feel like I'm funny in like my everyday life. But then as soon as you put me in an improv setting where I think like the expectation is to be funny, then like I kind of lose a lot of my power. <laughs> like that <laughs> no, night seriously. you and I were doing scenes at that uh, 4th of July party and we were just on the patio making Chelsea give us locations. <laughs> Do you remember that? I feel like I feel like I'm glad how specific you got because I was like, which time which which time did we make our friends watch us do improv scenes Katie like I don't remember yeah yeah it's it's silly but um as soon as I mean I find comfort in the structure because I studied a little bit in college like here and there so I found a little bit of comfort in that like yes and, and and build a scene but like it, it terrifies me to go up and not, not know what you're coming up with. And sometimes improv isn't funny. Like, that's the thing yeah. that also blew my mind. Um, have you had any moments of improv that just, like, 
weren't really funny, but like they were really good moments of improv. Oh, oh, completely. I mean, sometimes it can get sad and you're like, oh, that did not hit the way that I was expecting. <laughs> right. It like, to. how was it supposed to go there? Like, yeah. Shit. You learn that some things just aren't funny. Like, cancer, never funny. It's not funny. No. You can't make no. cancer funny. Um, uh, try as you might. Try as you might. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You have to be a genius to make cancer funny. But yeah, I've, I've trained at a couple of schools out here. I've trained at Second City and then Groundlings. But I actually uh, prefer, I mean, you, you find the school that fits you. But Groundlings, I loved because they, they're very character focused. Mm-hmm. And they're convinced that a scene can go anywhere if you have the character's point of view down. And if you like. They, That's so smart. Yeah. And they convince you to like your life so one of my characters was my old russian neighbor and i knew oh, her I'm so, so well came up. <laughs> yeah so i just i knew her point of view in any scene i had her in i never felt stuck because i always knew how she would respond yeah um, that i guess always gives you a jumping pad of like this is this is her opinion this is that's that's a good idea and you know i've heard amazing things about groundlings like from multiple sources yeah, I love I I loved it. If I right now I'm super involved in my acting studio, so I do hope to go back to Groundlings one day, but um I did no, It's a process. Um, yeah, it's th- there's only so many hours in a day. So um <laughs> it, but it it was a great school and that and it, that was the one that really spoke to me, but you know, some people prefer UCB, some people prefer Second City. It's yeah. Um, well, we have on the road with us playing Amos Paul Vogt, and he was so he did work on Mad TV, and he's like done like you know him if you saw him. He was like Princess Diaries, um, oh. two, and you know some other films, and like I try not to talk to him too much about it because I don't want to annoy him and like let him know <laughs> that I'm actually like a fan kind of. But he talks about how he could kick himself for not getting involved with Groundlings. Because the thing about Groundlings is, is not only are they character driven and have like a really great um, education to offer. So many successful people have come from there. Yeah. But they almost use, like they use Groundlings as a, as a pool for talent. And I feel like they were doing the same thing at, at UCB in New York. Yeah. Um, I tr- I've tried to get in for some classes at UCB, but it's like every time I sign up for something that week just happens to become the week I have everything else to do exactly yeah it's just not in the cards but you know slowly the career takes shape much slower than I guess I thought when I was younger oh your career will not what you envisioned at least in my in my experience how you saw yourself in success and what you thought like the way you thought your career is going to go, it's it's going to go the way it goes. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, right. It's just like a beggars can't be choosers kind of situation. Yeah, there's no planning. My my teacher said a couple weeks ago, he was like, you know, most people think, you know, you get a co-star and then you book a guest star and then you book a series regular. And he's like, it's not like that at all. It's like you book a co-star, then you're unemployed. Then you book another co-star, then you're unemployed. Then, then you you're unemployed, star, yeah. Uh, then you're unemployed. Then you book four more co-stars. <laughs> and it's like, you just, you never know where where what's going to happen and what's going to be your niche so yeah and it's you know I think it's really easy in in a career like this as well to get stuck because that becomes your expectation I think oh so I'm really I'm really big in this idea that like you get out of life what you expect to get oh my Um, gosh that's like my mantra right now right and it's it's just so interesting because like there have been times where I haven't gotten something and as disappointed as I am I'm like well I did not expect that that was something that would have gone my way yeah um and 
So sometimes I feel like you get stuck in these specific contracts over yeah. and over and over again because you've done it. You know you've booked it. And so conceivably in your mind, that's what's bookable for you. Yeah. It, so it it's kind of a weird, almost vibrational way to get stuck in your career. It's It's weird. Yeah, I read a really interesting quote a couple months ago that it was like um, – the lives we live are the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Right. Yes. I feel like for a long time I was telling myself I was not good. I was not worthy. I was like, I was looking at everything that was wrong with my life instead of everything that was right. And it completely is what you put out is what you get back. And I think if you put out creative energy, if you put out working on your own projects, like you doing this podcast, and just like doing something for yourself, that mm-hmm. you put out that creative energy and the creative energy is going to come back. Right. And, and you think about kind of what you wanted to when you were younger and you're like a career. And you're like, well, that is the career is getting off your butt and scheduling and like trying to make things happen as much as you can. Like, yeah. No one's going to hand you a, a starring role. I mean, that happens to some people. Some people walk into a room and all of a sudden they're the next big thing of the next big thing that they didn't create. Yeah. But that's rarer and, and harder and kind of not the thing I signed up for anyway but um, yeah and you know it's it is it, what it is it's good to earn it I feel like if I had Truthfully. found success back you know when I first moved to LA and I I would not appreciate it the way that I appreciate it now you know I exactly you have to have the lows in life you have to have the lows to appreciate the highs um, yeah. And, and what I've noticed about me, at least, is that a lot of the stuff I wanted to do when I was younger anyway, I don't think I would have been able to do. And I still don't think there are certain things I'm able to do. Like there are certain life experiences you need in order to be certain things yeah. on stage, screen or otherwise. Like and you know, 18 year old Dylan was not going to be <laughs> was not going to be able to play the roles he needed to play. He just did not have the life experience. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of that, too. Like you can go in the room and just relate to a character so much because of whatever experience you bring in with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I recently decided to put up a production of the last five years and. Yes. Tell me about this. I saw a picture. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of magical how it all happened, but I I think about how I wanted to do this show since I was in college and I, Mm -hmm. you know, they did it in college and it was, um, AJ Patton and Andrea DeYoung did it and it was a beautiful, beautiful show but I always um, like, you know, that was something I always wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I uh, last year, you know, I've always been insecure about my voice and singing in general. That's part of the reason why I moved. Uh, to Los and Angeles. you shouldn't be because I love I love the way you sing. Okay. And you're in L.A. <laughs> so I know, I know. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The competition isn't super fierce. I know. I know. That's why I feel like the best singer in the world in L.A. Yeah. Um, but um, so I started in my acting class just started bringing songs from the last five years in because I wanted to start singing again. And it's been a year of that. And my teacher finally pulled me aside after a a very emotional song and was like, when are you putting this up? And I was like, what? Never. I can't put up a show. And it was just, I started getting like, it wasn't like the universe was giving me subtle hints that I should put up the show. It was like, yeah, I like slapped me across the face, you know, and and I forget that people actually want to help you and people actually Mm -hmm. um, like want to see you succeed. And I just started asking around about doing the about like 
if I could have a director where I could do it. And I finally emailed the head of my acting studio and I was like, how do I produce a show? Like, do I get the rights first? Do I get the theater first? Do I cast first? Right. Everybody has the first time doing something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally cool to, to like rely on people. And you know, there are more people on your side than you think. Like we do. I just think at, at this level, it's like, you do have to think about like the blessed and privileged lives of living with um, number one, a family who loves you, but also a network of, of friends and Completely. like chosen yeah. family members that you're like, ah, oh, you all really support me. So there's more of that for you than you ever really realize. So I'm not surprised you're finding um, finding support with that. Yeah, I was I was shocked and it kind of made me realize that I could do it. And then I, I was on a shoot like last, I don't know, like two weeks ago in the middle of nowhere, Randsburg, for, California. For what? Uh, like this little indie film, my, my friend and I, he, yeah, we're just, it's a passion project, but, um, I ran into like a music director and she was like, whatever you need, like pianist, I can hire whoever It's what I do for a living. And I was like, well, that's fortuitous that in the small town of Randsburg, California, where I met three (laughs) people, uh, you happen to be a music director. And then the head of my acting studio gave like he was like why don't you submit it through the studio so that like because they have a production wing I just didn't think they did musicals and then I reached out to them and they were like we would love to do a musical like for sure submit it these are what you need to do and then he he told me about this guy in in a different class who I've seen in a play so I know he's good and he was like this guy sings ask him so I reached out to that guy and I was like hey my name's Katie Meyer <laughs> and I was like, you don't know me but um and then turns out he's always wanted to play Jamie so That's he and I so talked it out yeah and now he and I are working on it together and um I'm stoked I mean it probably won't happen earliest it would happen is you know the fall but um it's just but even then just to be in that direction or like even at the end of the day if you can't well, I guess the production itself is just like almost like a song cycle, huh? Yeah. There's not many scenes. I was gonna say you could put up a concert version, and I'm like, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> that's why this is so simple. Like, get your shit together. Um, no, it's well, I think it's so interesting. Life is like a series of strings, and you just kind of like keep following them up to where they come from. And like, yeah, along that string, you find the people you need, and like. My thing is, is if it takes so much effort that you're like uncomfortable or like making yourself tired, give it up. But it seems like this is this is pretty fluid. So I'm yeah. rooting for you, and I Thanks, am dude. hoping you either either sometime it's performed that I get to be there, or we can get a bootleg for Dylan to watch. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, I will definitely. I'm gonna need and if you need anything to be excited about it because. It has to be, like, approved, you know. But, I mean, if it doesn't get selected, then I'm going to do it independently regardless. But um, yeah. but it's like, I, you know, I, I haven't been this happy about something in a, in a long time. And my, my teacher put it great. He said, passion projects are what help you survive this industry and this business because mm-hmm. it reminds you of what you're doing. And, and it's like I just said with the creative energy, I, the moment I started really putting my energy into this, I booked my first TV role ever. Like, and I was like, and I wasn't even focused on that. You know what I mean? I was so focused on my own thing. Number one, congratulations. Number two, uh, that, that is exactly what it is. I, cause I see that about my journey with Chicago, that it's like the second I kind of just like really put my brain power somewhere else. It's like this thing I had been chasing for a long time was just kind of like, Hey, and I, (laughs) like, I was so mad, you know, but like delightfully mad. But I mean, like, 
I sometimes you just got to get your mind completely off of it. And um, I think there's something to be said about inspired action as well, because I think there's like, there's tons of stuff that I want to do, but a lot of it is so inconceivable. Like there's some stuff that I'm just like, I don't have the money for that. I, that's not something that's conceivable to do right now, but I have this feeling I need to make something. So it's always great to have something hands-on Yeah. that, that you're doing. And I just, I just think if anything to just move, just move energy oh, yeah. through you. Like we're not meant to be stagnant. Like we're meant to move stuff through us. And, yeah. And that's gotta be creative projects for us, you know? Yeah. And it's so much easier to talk yourself out of doing something than it is to talk yourself into doing something. And it really is, especially if you're, if you're coming off of a long point of not doing yeah, yeah. things because that momentum of not doing anything is there and you're like, oh, you got to break that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's all about just putting out that, that energy and, and being happy with what you have while still pursuing what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And so speaking of that, uh, insanely positive mindset that I, I see you have. Um, you're also someone who like really gives back a lot. Um, you work with big, big brothers, big sisters of America. Yes. Yeah. How long have you been working with them? Uh, five years. That is insane. You give so much of your time. Um, I don't know how much you like want to discuss it or like can, oh. but, um, <laughs> I well because you know I don't know but like what what was your involvement with that and in what sparked that um well it's uh it stemmed I always wanted to do it um because I always I had a really great family growing up a really great childhood and you don't realize how great it was until you're out and you meet people that were not as lucky as you and you know when you're a kid you're in your own little bubble and it was really when I got to college and started meeting people from all over the place that like, I was like, Oh, not everyone came from the, had the same privileges that I had growing up. And oh, um, that's wonderful that you recognize like that. That's something you can like come to a conclusion about. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a people pleaser and I hate when people, especially people I love are unhappy. Like I'm like, that's why I got into comedy. I love making people laugh. Um, but when they're, especially when they're sad, but, uh, oh yeah oh you're so good <laughs> no I'm I'm not at all I have many flaws but I <laughs> I like to keep people happy and and that actually to the sense of like sometimes hurting my own you know not looking out for my own needs but um I hear you I hear you <laughs> uh so I I always wanted to do it and then um but I thought that the time I didn't want to sign up for something I couldn't handle and mm-hmm. I met Uh, one of my friends out here, Weston, he and I worked on a film back in like 2012 and he did it. And, and he kind of told me, he was like, it's super, it's not like, you don't have to see them every day. And he was like, it's a couple times a month for a few hours. You can do whatever you want. And I was like, well, I can do that. And so I signed up and I met my little, and it's really funny. Like she was five when I got her. Um, and she, uh, like basically you meet and then they put you in a room together for like 20 minutes to like talk and so it's just like me and a five-year-old and I was like so you want to hang out with me and she was like yeah okay uh so Uh, um, that's so funny yeah kids are so relaxed it's so yeah and she's and honestly I've learned as much from her as I feel like she's learned from me you know like oh of course kids are insane when when you watch a kid do the first thing, like for the first time, it's like, 
it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to watch a child discover things, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And it's been, there. she's 11 now. And we just saw our first like PG 13 movie together like two weeks ago. And I, I'm such like a mom and like, she's getting into that tween age, you know, where she's like, I know she wants to hang out with me. Cause I like nerd out whenever like her mom talks about how like she like, looks forward to our outings and that's adorable (laughs) I'm like such a mom like I was like you want my phone number you can call me anytime whatever you need um but it's really it kind of grounds you in it and in this business that we're in I think it's just good in life to to have something that you do for just for good like just to to do something good um so yeah it's great. I'm a huge advocate for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, so if anyone is interested in applying, I urge you to apply. Oh, yes. I urge you to apply too. I um I'm just not in the same place, so I haven't been able to do that. But what we do on the on the road is really fun. We have Broadway serves we've teamed up with. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have an engagement that's a week or longer at a city we usually try to find like a local food bank or shelter and we go as a group and share our time and so you know if there's if there's time for it I, I definitely try to um we're doing a, a cabaret soon for the candor at ebb foundation which is um at, you know I don't know much about them but yeah. I'm not in charge of that cabaret but um it you know so it it is good to do and I think if you can just things are good we're little (laughs) my theory is that we're little we're little wi-fi towers you know what i mean like every human's just a little tower and we all just project something and if you're projecting that that want to give that want to you know i think that's that's what's in store for you in your life um so another thing i'd like to kind of touch on and we kind of touched on the beginning is this stand-up situation have you been doing stand-up gigs lately um, not lately. Stand up is something that I fell into kind of like improv, like kind of how that guy was like, you're funny. Come do my show or come on. Right. <laughs> That's like exactly what happened with stand up. I got like dared to do it the first time I ever did it. And there was like a booker there and he was like, you're funny. Come do my show. And oh my God. Um, that like escalated. And I never saw myself doing stand up. I still don't consider myself a stand up comedian. And I but I'm like dying to see you do stand up at a show. Like I'm, I'm betting you it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but Chelsea posted some Chelsea Kanarska for those of you who who aren't sure. She's <laughs> Katie's roommate. Love my me. life partner. I would yes. say. <laughs> um, all around adorable. But she posted some um Insta stories of you doing doing your stand up set, and I was dying to hear more. Oh yeah, that that was last year. Terrifies me. Oh yeah, it's the most it's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And every I and you know I know I should keep doing it because there's no like bad art. There's no art that's like not good for you unless like you're like yeah method and doing like a lot of drugs to like get to a character. But you know, teach their own. (laughs) Um, Well, I've been breaking it down a little bit in the way that it's like. Well, if you're just good at getting your room on your side, how funny do you actually have to be? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just oh, like, yeah. 
because I've been seeing, I follow some stand-up comedians, like some newer stand-up comedians on Instagram, and I like would watch their sets and stuff. And it's like, technically, this isn't funny, but they've done a thing where they get the room on their side. So it's really whatever they say they're going to laugh at because they have the support. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm like, honestly, it's just, it's like kind of foolproof. Like, even if you, I don't know, like, but then again, I've never watched anybody completely bomb. So I don't know what that's like. It's wonderful. I, I have really bombed once and it, it was just kind of a really? magical moment. Yeah. I was like, it was at the comedy store and I wasn't, I had performed at the comedy store before, um, primarily in the belly room, which is like the smaller room. Um, but this okay. night I was in the main room, which I had done ma- like shows in the main room before, but it never to a sold out audience. And, uh, um, the, the headliner was, um, pretty, well known and so it was a sold out audience and I walked out on stage and I also got cocky like I didn't rehearse my set I was like I was trying new things I was like oh stand up is easy I've had such easy success with it whatever and then um, I it's just this magical thing to be like wow everyone in this room hates me right now and like you embrace it I walked off stage all my friends were like oh how are you and I was like that was great like I've never bombed before <laughs> that was so wonderful I've been afraid of bombing what a for good so sensation long. and then it finally happened and now I don't have to be afraid of it anymore because I've been through it um so it kind of took that fear away good point um so but that's, I mean what, my some of my biggest fears is just like not having an audience on my side and and I feel like it's been very rare but that's also because what I do it's so built in you know what I yeah. mean like I'm playing this character that's supposed to evoke this specific emotion so everybody feels the same way about it I um, think but to you... go up there and, and like have to win people over is terrifying oh yeah but I you do that on a day-to-day basis just in conversations I wouldn't you I think you'd be great at stand-up you just need to know what your brand is with stand-up because I mean every stand-up comedian is is playing either a character or like a caricature of themselves on stage um right and I guess that probably helps with the heightened opinion it's like a version it's like a version of me but like you know yeah this this heightened caricature so she has a a very specific opinion yeah um yeah, because I, I feel like normal people are a little more wishy-washy than than stand-up. They're like, well, yeah. I feel this way or this way. Like, Well, it's fascinating um, to watch stand-up comedians the moment they get off stage because it's like they can be so high energy or so whatever while they're on stage, but then they get off stage and, and they're themselves again. And people don't realize that it's like, you know, it's a yeah. it's a they're character. Like, Post for a picture, tell me a joke. And you're like, God damn it. Like, oh my God. The amount of times no. we're like, tell me a joke. And I'm like, you tell me a fucking joke. All right. Like, oh my gosh. I heard a really good one. Um, Why do they call it a chicken coop? Why? Because it only has two doors. If it had four, it'd be a chicken sedan. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. <laughs> my friend Mike told have... me and then we laughed for 15 minutes. It was really great. That's um, that's a a dad joke if I ever heard him, and I love me a good dad joke. <laughs> yes, yes, that could be my brand. <laughs> um, well, stand up is definitely something I'm I'm hoping to try or get into one day, but I feel like it's going to be one of those things. It's got to it's got to be an accident. I feel like I I don't know I don't I don't know, Katie. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> gotta face them fears, Dylan. I believe in you. <sighs> and well, literally, that's nice. you are way funnier than I am. 
So no, no, completely. (laughs) You know how many times that I've sat on the couch and I've just watched you riff for like 10 minutes about how your day was. And I'm like, was I drunk? Is it the question? I don't. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes we both were, (laughs) but, um, but let's, I, what have you got to feel like be fun? You pride. What have have you got to lose? Uh, That's true. I've already hit rock bottom. I know we've already (laughs) lost our pride. Like in the last five years, realizing that this business is a lot harder than we thought it was. Right, right. Well, it's so funny because you talk about bombing, you know what I mean? And it's it's like, isn't it funny that bombing is kind of like what you need just in, I feel like a lot of our conversation comes down to like the in general, like bombing in general in life is good for you. Yeah, completely. <laughs> like you need, to, you need to bottom out once or twice so that you're like, oh, okay, this is my boundary. Um, but you know, it's, I'm still stuck up on this on this stand-up situation. I'm like imagining myself on stage with not a word to say. It's <laughs> kind of like uh, we I had to do a cabaret one time where we would just call it patter. They're like, you have two songs, and then before each song, there's just a little bit of patter. And I remember being like, Dylan, you're fierce. You sing so many songs. And then they're like, but the patter. But then I like something happens. I black out on stage, I kill it. And then I'm like, did I do the pattern? And they're like, yeah, it was great. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, it's just about, you know, if, if you're on stage, you don't have anything to say, acknowledge it. One of the best, best shows that I was ever a part of, there was this awful guy in it. I mean, he was just very angry. He was like yelling at the audience. It was one of the worst sets I've ever seen. And the guy that went up after him just wanna like walked on stage, took the microphone, looked at the audience and was like, so how about that guy? And everyone <laughs> burst into laughter. Like people were crying because it was one of those things where everyone was like, what just happened? And, this, and the guy after him just acknowledged that that just happened. The audience probably <laughs> laughed for like a minute and a half. And then literally it was quiet again. He just goes, uh... I don't know what to say right now. And then everyone bursts into laughter. His entire five minute set. He didn't even do any of his planned set. He was just, he was just taking the energy of the room. Exactly. Stealing it. Yeah. So it's just that like, it's just, it's truly an observation. Yeah. Observation. Cause it's, it's probably everybody thinking, well, what's this guy going to say? And he's like, well, if I say it before anybody else does, which is which is kind of a good philosophy. If I can say it before you can, I'm the funny one. You know. Yeah, yeah. And which it's... that you know, then that goes into comedy and self-deprecation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, well, that's part of the reason I mean. why I I think I have a resistance to stand up because it's a very dark industry. Um, it truly. Yeah, truly it's is. a lot of very unhappy people. And honestly, when I was doing when I was my best at stand up, I was not. I was pretty unhappy. And, um, I think that's why I'm afraid I keep, you know, I, I know that people want me to do it, but I think I, I'm afraid that I can't be funny if I'm happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, you know, I, that, that is a fear. And, you know, I felt that as an actor, um, and my weight, like I'm funny when I'm big, like, am I funny when I'm smaller? Like, am I, you know, Mm -hmm. do I lose certain things because of this? Um, but I will say that. I think there are ways to be funny and positive. I mean, look at Ellen. She's always stayed pretty relatively positive and family friendly, which is like, that is a feat. And she's like one of the biggest comedians that exist. 
Um, granted, she's probably got like these intense business skills and blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. But you know, that's I mean, all she learned is that, yeah. as well. Like, you know, like that's she didn't have that off the bat. She was just a funny girl. Um, yeah. Uh, but then I don't know. I guess then then your focus can be about you know because I guess comedy is just like that uh, self awareness anyway. So then I mean your jokes just change from how big of a mess you you are to you know how how you're too much put together. Oh, you know, like in contrast, to everyone around you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so I was so I was at hot yoga the other day and drinking a juice and I just realized like how oh yeah how cliche like well I like. I just think it just changes a little bit. I, I, I a lot of my stand-up stems from, uh, you know, things in my life um, and, and commenting on things, you know, but like a couple weeks ago, I, I recently tried online dating again and it was just awful. It was just as awful as I was expecting. Oh my gosh. What did you use? Was this Tinder? Was this Well, I got on Tinder. Okay I got on Cupid. Tinder because I boycott Bumble <laughs> because for, I'm so awkward at sending the first message first, first of all, but also... Um, the first time I ever tried Bumble, I was playing around with it and I accidentally put that I was a plumber and then it wouldn't let me change it. <laughs> and so it just said like, Katie, 28 plumber. And I was like, I'm not a plumber. <laughs> and, and so I just deleted the app. I swear to God, I was so mad because I was messing with it for probably like 20, 30 minutes. It wouldn't let me take plumber off my profile. You're like, no girl, when you pick <laughs> yeah. your, your trade, like that's who you are. And so I got back on Tinder and my first tinder date back i was like you know i was like you know i've been single for a year i've had like a year full of like cold case files and like my pajamas like i'm ready to get back in the game and my first date back i get stood up and um i it's a long story of how related to this but i was at a bar in my sweatpants like with i was pissed because i put makeup on like i wasn't even that stoked about meeting the guy but that what a waste of mascara and this guy is, is, is calling me and he, he was just trying any excuse he could to get me to go out with him at like, again, even though like he stood me up and the bar at this point, everyone in the bar knew my story and the bartender convinced me to trick this guy into thinking that I was drunk and send him to a gay bar. And so I did. And it was such a good moment of like teaching someone a lesson you can't treat a girl like that and so when he got to this gay bar he was like hey where are you I'm here and then I sent him a meme of David Hasselhoff like running on the beach and I said don't hate the player hate the game oh my spiteful, spiteful. I know it's probably the worst thing I've ever done but I'm but he just didn't seem like a good person and and you can't treat a girl like that and um it was but things like that it's happen true. in life and I would probably jazz that up a bit and and turn it into a story in my stand-up but I mean that's like living next to the Russian for a year that was my material she was buckets of material (laughs) oh she was I don't know if I ever straight up met her I think she was maybe over one time but this this from what I hear this woman was a effing trip (laughs) yeah she was you think that you've met a hot mess you think you've been a hot mess in your life you have not I assure you the biggest hot mess was my Russian neighbor Elena? Can you can you just shoot us a tiny little impression of her? <laughs> uh, one of my favorites was was I would always feel bad for her when she was alone on holidays, and there was oh. like two weeks. <laughs> Way to make it! I real. know, I know. Well, there was like two, I was I was her best friend. I was literally her best friend, 
And I wasn't speaking to her because she had gotten really drunk one night and, and passed out on the stairs and she had yelled at me. And that was the thing. Elena never yelled at me, no matter how drunk she was, but she yelled at me. And so I wasn't speaking to her and she was very upset that I wasn't speaking to her. <laughs> and it had been probably a week and a half that I had spoken to her and um, it was 4th of July and I was, it was 4th of July. It was the night we did improv. Um, and I was leaving I was so to go and meet part. you in Chelsea and she was sitting on the stairwell and I walked out and I saw her and she, she looked like a sad puppy. She just looked away cause she knew I wasn't speaking to her. And I was like, oh. hi Elena, happy 4th of July. And she was like, okay, hello, happy independence day to you. I'm very sorry for my abusive language. This is my apology. Please forgive me. <laughs> oh my God. That accent work is second to none, but I mean like, Oh, poor, poor Elena. I know. Well, she, she, poor Elena, but she, she also had a lot you. of, a lot of things in her control that she, I mean, well, I guess, you know, alcoholism really isn't in your control. So I guess I shouldn't say that, but. Yeah, uh, I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Uh, God love her. I know. You don't live near her anymore, but you know, she'll always be near us in our hearts. I hope she's okay. I still do worry about her. <laughs> I mean, like, feel free to visit her. <laughs> I know. She'd love that. Last I heard, I think she moved into an apartment above the, the liquor store, which I feel like was a very Perfect. bad decision. Yeah. But. Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. She's got the best roommate. Like, that's the best roommate. Oh, Katie. Well, we're wrapping up in the end of our time, but I want to say thank you so much for allowing me to talk at you oh my god thank (laughs) you for having me I didn't think I just like shot you a message be like I want to be a guest and being and I thought you'd be like yeah okay girl like we'll talk soon and you were like how's this week and I was like great let's talk so I know it's well it's I am like trying to actually do it you know like make a thing I was making the YouTube videos for so long but I felt like it was such a three-act play like getting film editing it making sure it's all perfect and putting it on a platform that I don't think a lot of my friends use like YouTube, not a lot of my friends use it, but I, I figured if I'm going to be making something, I'm going to make it more user-friendly. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like it's just so much easier to like have this conversation, have it recorded. And like, I don't feel like I have to edit anything. I feel like I'm being the most authentic version of myself. And I think all of the material, all of the content is interesting in and of itself because I just want to talk to my friends, you know what I mean? My friends who are doing cool things in cool places and just kind of like get all that out there in the ether because there are kids who look up to me who will watch this and and some of them want to move to LA. Some of them could be comedians. Some of them could, you know, it's just like, I think it's all very useful. Oh Um, yeah. So I I... thank you for sharing that. Uh, Something I couldn't necessarily share experiences that I don't necessarily have. So thank you. Well, you you have the, you have, all your experiences life is is what you make it and and it's your own so and thank you for having me I've I always love talking with you and I'm flattered that I got to even be a guest on this on your show Uh, absolutely hopefully I can have you back multiple multiple times if you'll have if you'll have the time oh my gosh if if people are willing to listen to me talk Let's yes do they it. will yes they will oh <laughs> all right well thank you so much katie of course thank you dylan i'll talk to you soon talk to you soon bye, bye.